It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Doesn't sound like the news is great for Alex Kappa. It's going to be Max Sharping, plus we get into Trey Henderson and the defense and what they did on Sunday. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, covering your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So buckle up for the playoffs and join us by hitting the follow button, hitting the subscribe button on YouTube, and we'll be with you the whole way in this playoff run. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals presented by Prize Picks. Right now, you can get a 100% instant deposit match for daily fantasy sports through the playoffs with prize picks up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. James, we heard from Zach Taylor on Monday. And while there's still reason to think that it's not going to be a long term problem for Alex Kappa with the ankle injury, doesn't look good for this week. And potentially, it doesn't look good for the playoffs. We'll see if there's a chance for him to get back this playoff run. Zach played it a little bit coy, but it was the kind of coy that he's played when the outlook isn't great. I'm not feeling very bullish about the return of Alex Kappa, which would be a big blow and would require Max Sharping to step up. And this has nothing to do first and foremost with Max Sharping. It's in fact, you want to talk about like confidence wise of about backups i'm pretty confident that he could slide in there and be a competent guard it's how great kappa was playing and ted cares put it correctly when he said i i've been getting a lot of credit and he has because of the mentality and because he's you know good at at the media side of things and and awesome since he hats for, for a good cause that he's done all of those things and i love all of it i'm not knocking ted but kappa's been the better lineman He's made the better, the bigger impact, and he's just not quotable. And I, I think he would be quotable if he tried. I know he's got personality. I just think he's, let's fly under the radar. Let's not give you anything. You know, when I, when you do interviews, I was going to say I, in, in referring to him and in his mindset, but it's a huge loss, and I'm not surprised by him being out. You just hope that it's this week, and not weeks. You hope that there's no break in there. And I think that's really the key as of recording 6-12 Eastern time on Monday evening as we start this show. We haven't heard of any breaks yet. Well, guess what? They did x-rays on Sunday. <laughs> I promise you. And remember when we found out about Trey Hendrickson? It's because he went and got the x-rays right there at Paycor Stadium, and, and then it leaks later. So hopefully there's no breaks. If there's no breaks in, in that angle, there's nothing – Super. I think maybe there's a shot at some point this postseason. We know how tough he is. But they turned to Max Sharping, and 
I think back to our September show when they were awarded three waiver uh, players on waivers. All three of those guys now, not just going to be active, but play playing a role uh, throughout the postseason and have all, all season long. Sharping's been active, hasn't really been on the field until last week or a couple of weeks ago when Collins went down. Now, now he's going to be on the field regularly, and you just hope that he can come in and and be better than what they had last year. Because if you remember, right guard was awful. They stunk at that spot last year. Just be a competent right guard. And I, I certainly think he's capable of doing that, and that's my expectation for Max Sharping. Bumps everybody up on the depth chart behind them as well, so you're always knocking on wood that guys will stay healthy, that they'll get yeah. healthy, right? Uh, because it does. That That's the effect of the depth chart. When there's an injury on the top, everyone gets pushed up. But Sharping, who hasn't really been asked to do a whole lot in terms of pass protection this year when he has been on the field, and it was week nine and week 16, James, you mentioned the week 16 uh, game. He, he's been out there to do a lot of run blocking. And in week nine, it was because it was a blow to the Carolina Panthers and the backups got in. He was playing right guard in that game, of course, and this will be a resumption of that role instead of the extra lineman role. And when he was elevated after uh, the Lyle Collins injury against New England into the backup, into the extra lineman role, it wasn't a great game. He had a couple of penalties in that game, uh, one of which, at least one of which, I think erased a first down um, on a little screenplay, I think it was. So, He's been with the team all year. This is a point that Zach Taylor made. He's been with the team all year. He's a veteran. He's played a lot of football in the NFL. He accumulated 2,000 snaps with the Texans before he came to Cincinnati. This was a guy that we were surprised they were able to get on waivers and was a guy that they got for this exact reason. He's experienced and has a lot of NFL experience under his belt. He knows the offense, right? So it's not like, they have to go get a guy. They have to move a guy to a new position. He's been practicing at right guard, I think, for this team so far in, in a few yeah. instances this year, and that's who it's going to be. But no no way around it being a loss. Capital is perhaps playing the best of any linemen on this team this year, and maybe that's not even something that you have to quantify or, or qualify with a perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um you listen to, to Callahan talk about him or Joe Burrow talk about him, and, and these guys would say that he's all playing you know, as well as any right guard in the NFL this year. So all, all the best, of course, out to Alex Kappa as we hope that he recovers and gets back and gets well soon. But you know, uh, what have we talked about with this team all year, James, is resiliency. Mm-hmm. And, and they've overcome stuff like this throughout the year. Guys have stepped up on this team throughout the year. Hakeem Adenergy, I think, was okay. For example, um, yep, you know, all, all things considered against Baltimore, and it wasn't great for the offensive line by any means, but it, it could have been worse. It was better than, than we saw from Adenogy last year, I think. So, um, you know, you, they, they've given you reason to believe that these guys can step up and, and you don't lose too much, but it, it's going to potentially be another step back. And it's just a shame that it's both guys on that right side where, where they mm-hmm. really invested and, you, you hate to see seasons on that way if that's what this is for Alex Kappa. And uh, just to be clear here, because last year it, it, they just had zero experience at right guard, and it was just a, a revolving door of, of bad. And Sharping's you know, started 33 career games at, at two 
both guard spots, left guard and right guard with the Texans. This year, obviously, he's been in games but hasn't hasn't played a ton like you mentioned. I think there's going to be a drop-off naturally, not expecting him to be Alex Kappa. One, by the way, the front office deserves a ton of credit because they've had some some issues drafting linemen. Well, they went out, and the guys they got were certainly upgrades. And the first, their first two targets that they landed, Alex Kappa and Ted Karras, were home runs and worked out really, really well this season. So they deserve a ton of credit for that. And unfortunately, it doesn't uh, feel like Kappa, you know, hopefully he just misses a game and we're, we're talking about him coming back. But I think Sharping is uh, – th- this isn't like turning to Akeem Adenogy, and I, I say that with respect to Akeem Adenogy, but I don't think it's as much of a wild card where it's like, oh, is it Isaiah Prince? Or it, it, we're not going to be talking about, oh, well, Jackson Carmen or or this guy on the practice squad. or No, no, no. Sharping's the guy, and I think part of that's exp- his experience. Part of that is uh, how well he, he's – played in practice and shown this coaching staff what he can do and, and got acclimated to the Bengals system. So hopefully it is the Bengals best lineman. I agree with you. I don't think we necessarily have to say perhaps. So there's going to be a drop, but hopefully Sharping is maybe their best backup lineman. And he could come in and show that because if that's the case, then maybe the drop off won't be as steep. And you're right. They have been resilient. They have overcome a lot of losses and injuries throughout this season. And this is just another one that they're going to have to navigate at the most important time of the season and most important time of the year. And, and it's really the run game that's a bit concerning to me at this point. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. And the reason for that is that Joe Burrow has consistently leveled up his sack avoidance as this year has gone on. We'll finish the show there because, you know, can't go without talking about Joe Burrow for a show and the Joe- regular season's in the books. So we're going to reflect on some – some Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase trends from 2022 as well. But next, the game ball, the Schultz and Sons game ball. Who deserves it for that week 18 game? We'll go there next. Maybe Chad Johnson for his awesome touchdown celebration. Today's show, it's celebration idea at least. Today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Because, well, if you're like me and you got eliminated in, in some fantasy football finals, well, you can still win big. And that's with daily fantasy. And that's what prize picks is. Prize picks is daily fantasy done right. What I love about prize picks is it's you versus their projections. You pick a player, two to five players, if they're going to score more or less than their projections. So what, maybe you want to go with Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase, or the list goes on and on and on. And yes, you could pick any player throughout the league. You're not competing against other people. It's you versus the projections. And if you hit, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry by picking more or less. And it's not just the NFL. It's college football if you have time to to make your play before the national championship, which is going to be tough to do because this show will only be up for a couple of hours. But college hoops, NBA, and so much more by downloading the PrizePix app or going to prizepix.com and signing up to play daily fantasy sports. Use promo code Locked On, and if you deposit $100, you're going to get an instant deposit match up to that deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you deposit 100, you'll get 100. If you deposit 50, you'll get 50 with promo code locked on. Don't delay. Go there today. Prizepicks.com or the Prizepicks app with promo code locked on. This episode of Locked On Bengals also brought to you by TurboTax. We're getting into tax season, so you can go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. Those experts that TurboTax has can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file yours so you can do you, not your taxes show your eyes things that are not taxes unpack a moving box of not taxes 
taste not taxes, a delicious dinner, perhaps. Sing it not taxes, a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right. That's guaranteed so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Jake, I think this week's Schultz and Sons game ball, you could go a variety of ways. Maybe the Chad Johnson way, right? Maybe Joe Mixon for the celebration of the year. But I have a feeling that both of us are going to be in agreement about who made the biggest impact, who had the play of the game. And it's a guy that honestly, I hope we talk about winning this award. I don't know, two out of the next four games. If the Bengals have four more games, hopefully he can win it at least two of the times, because if so, that's going to bode well for the Bengals chances of winning. Go ahead and say, I think we're in agreement here. We could talk about other candidates, but go ahead and say who who you think it is, because I know I agree. Yeah, it's uh, Drew Crispin. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, although he is, by the way, he's a candidate. He is a candidate now. He, he is related to one of these plays, and this Trey Hendrickson, who came up huge in this game, he only played 18 snaps. You know that, James? I did. I was watching I this game, and I was like, "Man, Trey Hendrickson is a wrecking ball in this game." This is maybe the best game Trey Hendrickson has played all year, going against a pretty good tackle, not a backup, mm-hmm. Ronnie Stanley. And then I, I go and I see PFF snap counts and. 18 snaps, yep. which, by the way, shout out Joseph Osai for picking up and, and continuing to play well as his opportunity increases. But on those 18 snaps, he absolutely made the most of them. Felt like it was he was out there for every snap because of how often he was showing up. And it's just so hard to do that when you don't have a full complement of snaps. But the Bengals coaching staff found the times to put Trey Hendrickson on the field and in an advantageous situation to get the most out of him. And he came up big. He did. Absolutely did. You keep him fresh, and it felt like he was on the field for 48 snaps, not 18. I agree with you. Made a, a huge impact. And when I looked at the, the game book on Monday morning and, and saw that, like, 18, that's crazy. I just – to me, it's clear he deserves the game ball. The offense struggled the entire time. Drew Christman is probably in the top three. <laughs> uh, honest, I mean – I mean – He's up. I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but he's he's up there because pinning them a couple times was was huge. It was a clutch but, punt. That's for but, sure. But um, yeah, and, and we talked about it pre-show. Jesse Bates certainly deserves credit. So there's a couple you could go with the guys that that had interceptions too. But it, it's all defense, and if this defense is going to play that way, this team is going to to be in every game, and that that's a great. Um, a great position to be in. So yeah, hopefully we're talking about Trey Hendrickson a couple times. Maybe, maybe it's a co-game balls a couple of these weeks with Trey and Osai and Hubbard. Just that defensive line just becomes a wrecking ball because if if that happens, we know keep, keep nine upright and get after the opposing quarterback. You're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, let's throw nine into the mix as well when we're talking about hopeful game balls throughout the playoffs. Yes, the defensive line. Yes, we hope that there is pressure created by the Bengals' defensive front. But we also, of course, are pulling for the Joe Burrow return to form. And he wasn't even 
bad and we'll talk about this more in our in our film review like he missed some throws that he normally doesn't miss he didn't and, miss it, and it was yeah. more than a few it was it was a solid handful but it was a lot yeah. for him right for, his standard so high and that's and, the part of it yeah and and that's what callahan said too it's like whoa when he misses that pass to t higgins callahan's reaction is like whoa when you miss a pass like that near joe burrow that's just how spoiled we are like what happened is he okay and there were certainly some thoughts like that. And I'm not worried about, about Joe Burrow at all, but yeah, I mean, just, just throwing him in the ring for some, some hopeful upcoming game balls as well. But the, the runner up for me, James was Jesse Bates. The, the, the force fumble on Sammy Watkins to effectively end any small hopes for the Ravens at the end of that game. Uh, pretty, pretty nice little clutch play for him and, and collecting a, a free interception on a, I believe, B.J. Hill pressure early in the game. So finishing a couple plays there, generally a, a pretty nice game for Jesse Bates before I've had a chance to watch the tape. Those are those are the two guys. And like you said, they are on the defensive side of the ball. It was a, a defensive-dominated game, and you have four takeaways, and the offense goes 0 for 8 on their last eight third-down attempts. You're, you're going to be talking about the defense quite a bit for stepping up and doing their job so kudos to the defense playing well going into the playoffs we'll see what quarterback it is for the ravens right lamar jackson still very much in the air doesn't necessarily feel like he's going to play we'll have to wait and see what the wednesday injury report brings because john harbaugh certainly is not going to tell us anything before he absolutely has to which will be probably when inactives are announced on sunday yep and that's how he should play it and man, if Lamar can play, it's uh, and, and Zach talked about this that he's throwing, right? He's like, oh yeah, he's probably it's a knee, right? So he's throwing three or four times a week, and all of those things. You have to prepare for Lamar. You just do. But it feels like it's Tyler Huntley, and the reason it feels like it's Tyler Huntley to me is the fact that the Ravens did not play Huntley. I think mm-hmm. Huntley had a shot to play Sunday, and instead they said, look. We at least need you for next week. We're probably playing this team again. Let's just dial it back. If we have to go back to Paycor, we have to go back to Paycor. And and so it feels like Huntley to me. Could it be Lamar? Yes. And that's scarier. Does that mean the Bengals wouldn't win that game? No. I, I think that this defense should be able to contain even Lamar Jackson. But would you rather face Tyler Huntley? Absolutely. Because after this week, there are no Tyler Huntleys. We're probably talking about Josh Allen's, Patrick Mahomes's, and and the list goes on and on. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, and Brock Purdy's. That's where you were going, right? Kyle Shanahan is what I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Bosa and and that's all of right. the McCaffrey and all those. Do- but yeah, I I think. Uh, by the way, would love to have that conversation. I hope we do. Whoever Me it is, too. but before before that happens, it it, it starts with. Huntley or Lamar or whoever it is. And that's going to be, it's going to be a challenge this week because that defense for the Ravens is for real. And I talked to Jamar Chase after the game and he noticed Roquan Smith and not because Roquan Smith wasn't good or just talking trash. And that was the first time they faced him as a member of the Ravens. So going to be quite, quite interesting to see how the Bengals adjust things a bit. For, for this Ravens defense that that did give them some problems, obviously. 
And that's something that we'll talk about in the film review episode. We'll have Mike joining us tomorrow for that one. I haven't had a chance to watch the film yet. I will do so tonight because it's not very often you get to watch a film on, and reflect on an opponent. At the same time, you get to think about the very next game, the back-to-back scenario in the same stadium. This is the first time it's happened, and I don't even know how long. Somebody somebody had the, the year uh, on Twitter today, and I don't remember what it was. But what I do remember is that the Bengals' last home Sunday night football game was 20 years ago. They've had a bunch of Sunday night games since then. They've all been on the road. Coming up next, let's reflect a little bit on the 2022 season, the regular season now in the books. And I just went and and I've been tracking some trends. We'll talk Joe Burrow. We'll talk a little bit of Jamar Chase to finish up the show before we dive back into the Ravens tomorrow. And that'll be next. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals brought to you by BetOnline, BetOnline.net, your number one sport source for sports, betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. They've got more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And right now, if you go to BetOnline.net, you'll get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football. And as James mentioned, the college bowl season wrapping up. But, of course, college basketball and the NBA in full swing. They've got it all at BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way for you to get all of your sports betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. We already mentioned Schultz and Sons in the game ball, which obviously went to Trey Hendrickson. What's Schultz and Sons? If you're new to the pod, well, you might not know. Well, it is our go-to jeweler. And it's not just diamond jewelry. They have a wide selection of many different color gemstone pieces. Maybe you're looking for that perfect custom piece for her well whatever the occasion is they have you covered at schultz and sons and with the holidays wrapped up yeah you may have thought oh you could put it on the back burner now's the time you might as well get the schultz and sons right now where they have up to 18 months same as cash available so you could finance that special gift and still have money left over or you're not throwing all of your savings account at that special piece so Go to Schultz and Sons today. They're at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, right across the bridge from the stadium, about 10 minutes away, right off the interstate. Plug it into your GPS and let Schultz and Sons handle the rest. Easy on, easy off. Schultz and Sons is the place to go. And remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. One quick thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about DeMar Hamlin's time at UC Medical Center is he's been discharged and returned to Buffalo as Schultz and Sons reached out. They're part of the Cincinnati community that showed support no for doubt. DeMar Hamlin and his family. They sent Nina Hamlin, his mother, uh, a nice note and, and piece of jewelry doing their thing as they are jewelers and supporting in, in the way that they could as part of the Cincinnati community stepping up in support for that Scary, scary incident, and we're, we're so glad to see him returned home. So uh, shout out Schultz and Sons for, for being part of that Cincinnati support and, and showing up in that way. A um, couple notes here, James, uh, on the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and this starts with sack avoidance for Joe Burrow. Anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that I've been following this throughout the year and monitoring this trend in the first half of 2022, and we can talk about halves of the season, this is the only upside to losing the 17th game is that our years of 16-game schedule habits can, can be correct when we talk about half of a season or 12-4 and four 
And anyway, in the first half of 2022, Joe Burrow was pressured 95 times. He took 29 sacks on those 95 pressures. That 95 pressures amounted to a 27.3% pressure rate, which is actually fourth lowest in the NFL. But the 30.5% pressure to sack rate in his first half of the season was the worst in the NFL. In the second half of the season, the pressure rate has decreased from 27.3% to 25.6%. That's the second lowest in the NFL, just 84 pressures in those games. He's taken only 12 sacks, though, and going from 30.5% pressure to sack to 14.3% pressure to sack, which is the seventh lowest in the NFL over the second half of the season from the worst in the NFL in the first half of the season is, is why we get to talk about things like his timing is immaculate, his pocket awareness, his pocket presence, his pocket management has been fantastic lately and, and spectacular at times against Baltimore as well. That improvement is massive. And when we talk about pressure rate, this isn't necessarily because the Bengals offensive line is winning all their pass pro reps. It's that Joe Burrow has evolved this season to, in a huge way, make his offensive line look better. And I do think the offensive line is better. Don't get me wrong, but Joe Burrow is also making them look even better than they have been. And that matters for a bunch of reasons. And, and obviously the Bengals signed three free agent offensive linemen in March, but in the future, if you're a veteran lineman, you want to play with a guy that makes you look good when you mess up, you know, because all these guys mess up whether it's Alex Kappa, who we praised at the start of the show, or Lel Collins or whoever. And not that they're going to go crazy offensive line-wise and free agency this offseason. That's not what I'm saying. But it is nice to have that and to be able to say, oh, well, do you want to come help keep Joe Burrow upright? He's going to make you look good. That's uh, that's certainly an advantage. And it also helps young guys like Cordell Volson continue to develop. And, uh, yeah, he's – He's elite, man. I mean, Joe Burrow, think about it. We, he completes 60% of his passes, and we're like, man, he was so off. I mean, Trevor Lawrence the night before missed like three touchdowns that he should have hit, and he's a number one pick as well and has played really well for Jacksonville this year. It's just the bar's so high for Burrow. But even with all of that, he was still great in the pocket on Sunday, and uh, I'm really excited to see him in this postseason because I think he's going to be dialed in and one of the things after last year's run, everyone said, oh, well, it was Evan McPherson in the defense. Evan McPherson in the defense. Well, when you have an offensive line that's essentially the, the locked-on Bengals hosts, Jake Lisko and James Rapine blocking for you, it's kind of tough. And that was what happened, right? Those guys got ran over early and often, and Burrow made them look really, really good, especially in that uh, AFC championship game against the Chiefs. So hopefully he's uh, this level up continues in the postseason and we see things from burrow that we haven't seen yet again that's a, a really high bar he set the the expectations extremely high and uh i think he has a shot to meet him for sure he has also been way better this year facing cover two this is a noted the the other big noted criticism of joe burrow coming into this year was his efficiency against cover two he's now one of the best if not the best quarterback in the nfl Against cover two, the explosive. By the way, yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked he figured that out. All those people shocked. that said, "Oh my," I'm just completely shocked that Joe Burrow figured out how to beat cover two. All those armchair quarterback national people that were like, "Ah, oh, I don't know, man." He, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes 
you just can't beat a defense that's been around forever. Um, and if yeah. the sarcasm isn't thick enough in my voice, uh, yeah. I'm going to just spell it out for you. It, Same it was here. A, I hope. I hope yeah. <laughs> it was a challenge for, for Joe Burrow in this offense to overcome. And maybe not just Joe Burrow. It was a mentality shift from him being a big game hunter. It was a change to the offense schematically. It was a change in the way that they tried to attack things. And we'll probably continue. The Ravens are going to play a lot of too high. They're going to play a lot of quarters. They're not going to play a lot of man. They're not going to blitz. And then they'll probably get more of the same. If it's the Bills in the second round, the Bills live out of too high. That's all they do. They play cover two more than anyone in the NFL. They play cover two man more than anyone in the NFL. So that's the path ahead of them. And that's the path ahead of a lot of these teams as defenses try to just take away explosive plays and, and keep themselves in games. But um, the, the other interesting thing for me on, on the season for Joe Burrow did show up in the Ravens game as an example of this. The Ravens in their two games this year saw 82 Joe Burrow dropbacks. Guess how many times they blitzed, James? How many? Get, just give me a number. I'm going to tell you over, under. Oh. Or, or just see how close you are. I, I just want to see how close you are. Oh. I don't. So, how many? Say it again. How many times they blitzed? In, in 82 dropbacks. And by blitz, I mean bring more than four rushers. Hmm. Okay. Let's say 11. 11. They blitzed six times in. in <laughs> those games two in the first game i thought 11 was low by the way i thought 11 was (laughs) pretty low right i I mean that that would be pretty close to the league average for for or for for his season average joe burrow blitz just 18.9 percent of the time this year the ravens blitzing him seven percent of the time saying you know what we don't think that we can beat you by just bringing extra guys they don't do it often they did dial it up from time to time a lot of creepers in this game where they dropped the defensive lineman out and brought a linebacker instead and we'll probably continue to see that as it's, it's a way to get guys in unblocked, and the Ravens are still trying to manufacture pass rush a little bit. But despite being the least blitz quarterback in the NFL in 2022, James, at 18.9% is the lowest number in the NFL, even lower than Brady and Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Burrow threw the second most touchdown passes in the NFL when blitzed. His touchdown rate, 9.4% when blitz, was the best in the NFL, beating Patrick Mahomes by a solid 0.5% Patrick Mahomes at 8.9% touchdown rate when blitz. So maybe there's a good reason that teams aren't blitzing Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And look, if you don't blitz him, then that's fine. And you can try to disguise coverage, but then he's also he's really good. Your, then too, you're going to make your, his four, your four rushers. He's going to make them look silly too. Like he did to Chris Jones in the AFC title game last year, which is really, really hard to do mm-hmm. or like he did even on Sunday when he wasn't playing his best ball. So Good luck. And and that's the exciting part of this. You know, it, we talked about Trey Hendrickson and this defense. But without Burrow, it, we're not talking the way we're talking. And that's nope. why I think they have the confidence. Defense travels, great quarterback play travels to Buffalo or Kansas City or Phoenix or wherever you need to go in the postseason. Certainly it travels to Paycor Stadium because that's just a few miles from Joe Burrow's house. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – that part of it is uh, – it's fun. That's what's what's so exciting about this time of year now for the Bengals because they have that dude, and that dude is special. Two straight AFC Championship games that they'll hope to keep going. They'll hope to get Jamar Chase for 17 games, of course, in the future. The last stat really quickly is just extrapolating 
Jamar Chase's stats because he didn't get to play a full season this year. First off, despite missing five games, he had six more targets and six more catches. So he was on pace for a monstrous year of volume. His yards per catch were down, of course. Defense is really putting a ceiling over Jamar Chase deep whenever they could. Didn't always work, as we saw against even the Ravens just last week. His 17-game pace, James, was 190 targets for 123 catches, 1,482 yards, and 13 touchdowns. We didn't get to see that. He, he missed five games this year. Well, the Bengals missed a game. He missed four. But a, a, a nice, steady growth year for Jamar Chase. And this offseason, we'll talk a little bit more about the things he can continue to do to continue to keep up with his former teammate, Justin Jefferson, who really had, had another fantastic year. But Jamar Chase, yeah. very special talent in Cincinnati. Arguably the best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Arguably. And dealt with an injury, a serious injury this year. And you're right. When you say those numbers uh, across 17 games, it's like, wow, he could have had 1,500 yards this year. Defenses were trying to take away the deep ball, and he still had a huge impact and showed he could win in other ways. And something tells me he's going to have plenty of big plays this postseason. Yeah, really, really good after the catch. And we're excited to watch these guys in the postseason. That is where our attention turns. We get into the film from Baltimore with Mike at Bengals underscore San Santagata tomorrow with an eye toward the wild card matchup Sunday night football coming up this weekend. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.